In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being here in our midst, for wanting to be Emmanuel, God with us. We believe, Jesus, that you are really, truly, substantially present here, body, blood, heart, and soul, and divinity. The Son of God and the Son of Mary, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Bread of Life, the Resurrection and the Life, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, Jesus, 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 you are faithful and true. Jesus, we believe that you have, in fact, never failed us. We ask you to help us lean into that this morning, Lord to lean into that truth which sometimes doesn't feel true. It's true that sometimes it it has felt like you have failed us, that you have been unfaithful to your promises in our lives because some of us have tried so hard to be so faithful for so long and yet things still don't seem to work out the way we had hoped So, Lord Jesus, please, we ask you to increase our faith, to help our unbelief. Jesus, please soften our hearts today to receive your word, to receive your grace in a new way. Jesus, please give us eyes to see and ears to hear your word, your love, your presence, your providence. Jesus, we invoke the presence of your holy angels. I believe they're already here, but we just want to acknowledge that there's all kinds of angelic creatures here worshiping you with us. Protecting us. We've got our guardian angels here. And right now we ask for Michael and Gabriel and Raphael to come here, the archangels. We invoke the heavenly host and the choirs of angels who worship you constantly in heaven. We invite them here to join in our worship, to join in our prayer and praise, to intercede for us, to protect us. Lord Jesus, I ask you to establish an impenetrable shield of protection around us, over us, and under us, and to seal it with your most precious blood and to guard it with your holy angels and our patron saints. We invoke St. Joseph in a particular way. Pope St. John Paul II, St. Faustina, Therese, Pio, Joan of Arc, Mother Teresa, all the holy apostles, especially Peter and Paul, James and John, Matthew. St. 
St. Anthony of Padua, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Francis Xavier, St. Clair, St. John Vianney, St. Anne, Blessed Solanus Casey, St. Bernadette, St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Maria Goretti, All you holy men and women, come here. Come and pray for us. We invoke our loved ones, Lord, those who have gone before us, marked with the sign of faith. Jesus, help us to be more aware of the fact that we're all united, church triumphant with the church militant. That we're all one body in you, Jesus Christ. We are all one body. Because, because we all share in one spirit, the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we ask for a fresh outpouring this morning to come upon all of us. Come Holy Spirit. Veni Creator Spiritus. Come Creating Spirit. Come Spirit of Jesus. Come Spirit of Truth. Come spirit of life. Come spirit of love. Come spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and counsel, piety, awe and wonder, fortitude. Jesus, we ask for more faith and more hope and more love. We ask for more peace and more joy. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, grant us your peace, a peace that the world cannot give. Jesus, may you be the firm foundation upon which we build our life. Jesus, help us to surrender here today in a new way, to trust in you in a new way, to let go of things that you are asking us to let go of. Jesus, we let go of control that may be inspired in us, in a sense, for one reason or another. Jesus, we ask you to help us let go of ungodly burdens, ungodly expectations that we've placed on ourselves or that other people placed on us in an ungodly way, at an ungodly time, in an inappropriate way, at an inappropriate time especially when we were younger. Lord Jesus, we just let them go right now. Let's break them off, Jesus. Break off all of these heavy chains that tend to weigh us down, these burdens that you don't want us to carry, that you are not asking us to carry. At least you don't want us to carry them alone or to feel like we're carrying them alone. Undoubtedly, Lord, we all have a lot of responsibilities. But I know, Lord, that you do not want us to feel like we are carrying them all by ourselves or that it depends on us alone to take care of everybody else or to take care of everything around us. 
Lord Jesus, we ask for more freedom then. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for more freedom. Freedom from fear. Freedom from anxiety. Freedom from worry. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from false expectations. Freedom from ungodly burdens. Freedom from sin. Freedom from shame and guilt. Jesus. Freedom from obsessions. Freedom from compulsions. Jesus, just break it all off of us this this morning. Break it off. Deliver us, Lord Jesus. Deliver us from evil, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, deliver us from all of these ungodly burdens. We pray for healing. Healing of minds and hearts and bodies today, Lord Jesus. We ask you to pour out your, your healing spirit. Which is to say, pour out your divine mercy. Pour out your divine mercy. Let your, let your living water and your precious blood that flowed from your pierced side as you hung on the cross, let that living water and that precious blood just wash over everyone in this room right now. Let it just wash over us in a mystical way. Let it wash over our bodies. Let it wash over our hearts and our souls and our minds, cleansing us, cleansing us of our sins and the effects of sins, healing our wounds, Lord, let that love that is, in a sense, transmitted through that blood and that water, let that love, let that desire for union and communion heal us and unite us more and more with yourself. Jesus, we pray for the gift of divine intimacy today. We pray for a greater friendship, a greater spirit of friendship with you. Lord Jesus, release that spirit of divine adoption over this room again. Just as at our baptism we received that spirit of adoption, that sanctifying grace, well, Lord Jesus, just increase that today. Open those same gates, those floodgates that you open at baptism and just pour them out again here today in a new way. Renew within us, Lord, that gift of baptism, that gift of divine adoption, which made us your sons and daughters, which literally changed who we are in the order of grace. You elevated our nature, our human nature, and made us sons and daughters of God in the order of grace. So now there's this new world order, this heavenly world order, the order of grace, that we now live in, that now lives in us. Lord Jesus, increase our faith in that and help us, Lord, to walk in that with greater confidence that we are not alone, that we have been made new, not because of what we did or not because of what we do or not because of what we have to do, or what we've promised to do, Lord, but because of what you have done for us, gratuitously, mercifully, freely, lovingly, fruitfully. Lord Jesus, we pray for 
a, a spirit of fruitfulness to come upon us here today. Spiritual fruitfulness. Anoint, Lord, our words. Anoint our actions. Anoint them, Jesus, with a new anointing. With a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit. That what we say and that what we do in your name, Lord, will have an even greater impact in the world around us, on our family, our friends, our community, our co-workers, our neighbors, our parishioners. Lord Jesus, we pray for revival. We see it happening, Lord. We see it happening in an even more tangible way. We just ask for more, Lord. We pray for revival here, in this place, in this town, in this county, in this state, in this country. Lord, send revival. And make each and every one of us here an instrument of your peace, an instrument of your love, an apostle of your divine mercy. Lord Jesus, help us to receive all that you want to pour out upon us here today. Lord Jesus, please remove the labels that we've put on ourselves. And please, Lord, remove the fears that tend to control our behavior. Jesus, help us to lean into those fears. Jesus, take us out of our comfort zone. In a gentle way. <laughs> but Lord, please don't let us, don't let us stay, stand still or stay, stay stuck. Jesus, break the mold that we have lived in. Break the mold that the enemy has cast for us. Break the mold, Lord, that we have cast for ourselves because we believed the enemy's lies. Jesus, break the mold that we've made for ourselves because we believed what other people told us. When other people told us to shut up or to keep, you know, our opinion to ourselves or to, you know, stay out of someone else's business. Jesus, break those molds today. During this Lenten season, Lord, break the mold. Continue to break the mold. Because we want to be free, Jesus. We believe, as Paul wrote in Galatians 5.1, that for freedom, you have set us free. Free from the mold, free from the boxes, free from the chains, free from the labels. Free from the shame and the guilt that tends to weigh us down and to keep us from loving more radically, more passionately. Jesus, we believe that you are a passionate lover. That you went to the cross, that you endured your passion. Not so that we could have a mediocre life, but so that we could have a new life. A life in the spirit. A resurrected life, Jesus. And you looked so different that many of your closest friends didn't even recognize you after your resurrection. That's how different this resurrected life is meant to be. Jesus, we pray that our friends and family will start to not recognize us because we're thinking differently and we're speaking differently and we're acting differently and we're actually starting to look differently 
because of the way that you are moving in our lives and the way that you are touching our hearts. Lord, we ask for more. We need more. Lord, we are desperate. We come before you. We are desperate for you. Our families, our children, our husbands, our parents, our neighbors, they're desperate for you, Lord. We are desperate for you. And we welcome more. Lord, and you know the obstacles, you know those things that do stand in the way. Well, Lord, more and more, move them out, Lord. Move them out. We give you permission, Lord. Lord, have your way today. Lord, have your way today. We give you permission, Lord, to speak to our hearts today in a new way. Lord, we give you permission to love us in those places that we desperately need your love, Lord. We give you permission, Lord, to deliver from us those burdens that we've carried for so long, some of us. Lord, we give you permission to come and and speak to us there to speak to us kindly and gently, tenderly. Jesus, we give you permission. Let it be done, Lord. Let it be done according to your word. Lord Jesus, please renew our minds. Renew our minds. Holy Spirit, give us the mind of Christ. Give us the mind of Christ. Help us to see what you see. Help us, Lord, to see and love in ourselves what you see and love in us. And Lord Jesus, please help us to see and to love in others what you see and love in them especially in those people, Lord, that we find particularly challenging to love at times. Lord Jesus, help us to love when it's hard to love, when it's difficult to love. And Lord, we believe that happens more and more as we are loved in those difficult places, in those challenging places that we all have in our past. Lord Jesus, we believe that you are making all things new. We believe that you are taking care of us. We believe that you love to take care of us. We believe that you love to provide for us. We believe in your providence, Heavenly Father. We believe in your providence. That is, we believe that you love to provide for us and that you are a provider. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jireh, you are enough. You are enough. We declare that today, that you are enough. Come, Holy Spirit.
Come, Holy Spirit. Come like the dew fall now. Come and rest on us. Holy Spirit, come and rest on us like a gentle dew as we settle in here, Lord. As we settle in, just fall on us. Come rest on us and help us to rest. Lord, we pray for that gift, that gift of resting in you. As you invite us to do, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. That's what you told us. You said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, sometimes that doesn't make any sense. Jesus, help us to understand. Help us to understand what you want us to know. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus, we pray for this gift of intimacy, the gift of prayer. Jesus, help us to appreciate the purpose of the various kinds of prayer that we can pray by your grace. Jesus, help us to benefit from all of these different kinds of prayer. But we ask you, Lord, especially today for the gift of contemplation that we can settle in and rest with you and contemplate your glory, your goodness, your beauty, your truth. As you lavish your love upon us, Lavish us, Lord Jesus, with your love. Cradle us, Lord. Cradle us in your arms. Cradle us in your heart. Surround us, Lord. Surround us with your glory. I'd like to quote a few numbers from the Catechism on prayer. If you've never read this fourth part of the Catechism, it addresses Christian prayer. And this little section here is on relationship. It's through prayer that we develop our relationship with God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
So just by the nature of God, we know that our relationship with God is necessarily going to be dynamic. It's going to be diverse. Not just because of who God is, but because of who we are. And just like every relationship, every friendship that you have in your life is unique, so your relationship with God will be unique. We can certainly be inspired by the saints, and we should be. And we, we certainly should be inspired by the good example that we witness in each other. But don't feel like you have to imitate somebody. That you have to do it exactly like Saint so-and-so did it. Or like your neighbor does it. Prayer is something very personal. But it can be communal, of course. And the catechism speaks here about vocal prayer. So let me just read a couple numbers here about vocal prayer. The need to involve the senses in interior prayer corresponds to a requirement of our human nature. So as we have been saying... When we go to prayer, when we go to God, we don't check our human nature at the door. (laughs) On the contrary, God wants us to pray with our human nature. It's why he became a man, a human being, so that we could literally relate to God in a much more intimate way, in a much more personal way. So that we don't feel like we have to somehow reach up for God all the time. So that we don't feel like we are somehow less than or that we have to get God's attention. Hey, God, I need something here. Right? He didn't want it to be like that. So what did he do? Well, he came down. Right? God came down to us. And not only did he do that, but he decided, he chose to stay with us, to remain with us in a very humble way, in a very approachable way. Haven't we talked about that? He he veils himself because if he didn't, it would be overwhelming. It would be overwhelming because he is in glory at the right hand of the Father outside of time but he wanted to stay in time with us all at the same time. Oh, you're learning. This is great. It's sticking. Just keep repeating it, right? It sticks, right? Only God can do that, right? Outside of time and in time, all at the same time, right? And he does that intentionally so that he can be with us, so that he can walk with us, so that we can approach him in faith. We are body and spirit and we experience the need to translate our feelings externally. We must pray with our whole being to give all power possible to our supplication. It's a catechism of the Catholic Church. It's not Father Jason. 
We must, uh, thank you, 2702. Number 2702. We must pray with our whole being to give all power possible to our supplication. 2703, this need, notice it's not an option, right? This need also corresponds to a divine requirement. God seeks worshipers in spirit and in truth. And consequently, living prayer that rises from the depths of the soul. He also wants the external expression that associates the body with interior prayer, for it renders him that perfect homage which is his due. Because it is external and so, 2704, because it is external and so thoroughly human, the vocal prayer is the form of prayer most readily accessible to groups. Even interior prayer, however, cannot neglect vocal prayer. Prayer is internalized to the extent that we become aware of him to whom we speak. Thus, vocal prayer becomes an initial form of contemplative prayer. So you never leave vocal prayer behind. Right? That's why, for example, the church, the prayer of the church is the liturgy of the hours, right? The Psalms that are prayed out loud all, of, all over the world all day long in every time zone, right? So there's literally a ceaseless prayer of praise and worship going up to heaven from all over the world in every language. The Psalms are being prayed right now somewhere in the world by someone, probably out loud, <laughs> right? Offering that prayer of praise. So we are invited to, to join in that prayer of praise. It unites us with the whole church, the whole body of Christ. When you pray the rosary, when you go to mass, same thing, right? You can bet if you're praying the rosary, somebody else is praying it somewhere else in the world. If you're going to mass, there's another mass being offered somewhere throughout the world at the same time. It's just constant, right? When's the last time Fox News reported on that, right? It doesn't, right? Or CNN, it doesn't matter, right? But this is the truth we need to fill our minds with, dear sisters, right? Just think about that. How, how awesome is that? How cool is that? You know, we've, we've focused recently on Asbury, right? Because it's really cool. It's awesome, right? How people have come together in Kentucky to, to print young people especially, right? Who are just offering this ceaseless prayer of praise, right? And it's, it's awesome that it's getting attention. But if we just stop and pause like I just did, it's happening all the time all over the world, right? It's a beauty about the Catholic Church, right? It's hard for non-Catholics to appreciate that. But there is a need for revival for sure. And it starts with our, our faith, our faithful prayer. <clears throat> Meditation. <clears throat> Number 2705, meditation is above all a quest. The mind seeks to understand the why and how of the Christian life in order to adhere and respond to what the Lord is asking. 
The required attentiveness is difficult to sustain. So the catechism is acknowledging this. We are usually helped by books and Christians do not want for them the sacred scriptures, particularly the gospels, holy icons, liturgical texts of the day or season, writings of the spiritual fathers, works of spirituality, the great book of creation and that of history, the page on which the today of God is written. So, Lexio Divina is becoming more and more popular. So, yes, we need to be exposed, right, to this truth, the light of truth of who God is and who we are. And then that does demand a response, a response of faith. Yes, I believe. Amen. 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 Right? When you, when you receive communion, when the you know, Eucharistic ministers, the body of Christ, amen. I believe that. I believe that. Amen. And even in your own prayer, as you, as you hear things and as you read things and as you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. I believe that. I believe that's true. Maybe I don't feel it from head to toe. <laughs> Maybe I'm not totally convinced in every bone of, you know, but we start to make acts of faith. Even if we don't understand fully, right? We can always ask for more understanding. That's another gift, right? More wisdom, more knowledge. It demands a response if you're going to keep growing, right? That's how we grow. We respond. Just like Mary, right? Mary, fiat, right? She gave her fiat. I mean, she didn't speak Latin, but anyway. Sounds nice. Fiat Mickey secundum verbum tum. Right? That's what she said in Latin. Let it be done to me according to your word. Amen. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, we say yes. What's the song, right? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Right? Something to that, right? I'm experiencing the presence of God right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. More. More, Lord. And the more acts of faith you make, what happens? Your faith grows. It increases. It gets stronger, right? Because undoubtedly, people are going to tell you, ah, that's not true. And you're like, it is true. It is true. I believe it to be true. I've experienced it for myself. I've lived it. I've lived it, right? And I hope your faith has increased. I know mine has, right? And it, it, you got to be stretched, right? Those of us in encounter school, we read this book, Do What Jesus Did or something like that. And anyway... The author writes about pushing to failure, right? Push yourself to failure, right? In other words, pray for things to happen that might not happen. But keep pushing, right? Keep, keep expanding your horizons as you watch other people do it. Be inspired by that. Don't say, oh, I don't have that gift. How do you know you don't have that gift, right? 
How do you know you don't have that gift? Well, it's never happened to me before. Well, how many times have you tried it? Right? Mary Healy, Dr. Mary Healy, she always points to Michael Jordan. How did Michael Jordan know he was a good basketball player? Play basketball. Right? And if you remember, he had a really interesting commercial years ago. And the com- uh, we'll send it out afterwards. He bragged about how many times he failed. You ever see that? Anybody remember seeing that? He's like, I took, you know, 119 game-winning shots and missed. I lost the NBA national championship three times. I lost, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I've missed 13,000 shots that I've taken. I've missed, you know, 2,000 free throws. In my career, I've lost so many games. And then at the end, you know what the punchline is? And that's why I'm so great. That's why I'm so great. Because I never let those failures define me. Oh, let that just hit you right there, right? I don't let failure define me. God, forgive me for the times that I have allowed failure to define me. I lived in Chicago for eight years, my superior, jokingly, of course, right? But he canonized Michael Jordan, the patron saint of our human formation, right? (laughs) Because nobody worked harder than Michael Jordan. And his teammates knew it. So most gifted, but hardest working. It's a great example, right? I'm not saying he was a saint, please don't, right? He's got his flaws, that's for sure, just like we all do. But we can learn from that, right? We can learn from the saints, of course, right? You look at the lives of the saints. They all had tons of failures, lots of setbacks. But they didn't let those things define them. Because they were... Just saying yes. That's all they were doing. Just saying yes, day after day. And it was all about loving anyway. Right? It was all about loving in the moment. It was loving the people in the moment. Right? An example that comes to my mind right now, Maximilian Colby. Talk about seeing great success and then great failure. They had the, I mean, I can't remember the number of of priests and brothers and lay associates they had there in Poland before the the war broke out. Thousands. Mm -hmm. Thousands of Franciscans and lay Franciscans. Hugely successful. And then his magazine just started getting published and printed all over the place. Right? And that all came to a crashing, a crashing halt with the Nazis. And then you probably, right? Then he's captured, right? Put in a concentration camp. And then in the end, he ends up offering his life for one, for one man. A Jewish man at that. Not even a Catholic. They put him in a starvation bunker. He wouldn't die. 
wouldn't die. So they finally gave him a lethal injection. And he was just praising the Lord from that starvation bunker, naked, cold, hungry. He didn't care. I mean, I'm sure he cared, right? But he was just like, hey, this doesn't define me. The Nazis don't define me. My surroundings don't define me. I know who I am, and I know who lives inside of me, and I know where I'm going. Amen. Right? And we all know that, too. We know it up here, right? And so more and more, we just want it to permeate our entire being. A quick word here on, on contemplative prayer. What is contemplative prayer? St. Teresa answers, contemplative prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. How beautiful. Let me repeat that. It's a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Contemplative, this is number uh, 2709. 2709. Contemplative prayer seeks him whom my soul loves. It is Jesus and in him, the father, we seek him because to desire him is always the beginning of love. And we seek him in that pure faith, which causes us to be born of him and to live in him. In this inner prayer, we can still meditate, but our attention is fixed on the Lord himself. It's fixed on the Lord himself, whom we believe loves us. So, Lord, I believe that you love to be with me. Lord, I believe that you love to see me. Lord, I believe that you love to hold me. Lord, I believe that you love to bless me. Lord, I believe that you love to affirm me. Lord, I I believe that you just love to be with me. To give me rest. Lord, I believe that you love to take care of me and my family and friends. Lord, I believe that you want to give me rest. Lord, I believe that you define me. Lord, increase my faith. Help my unbelief. Number 2710. The choice of the time and duration of the prayer arises from a determined will Revealing the secrets of the heart. One does not undertake contemplative prayer only when one has the time. One makes time for the Lord, as you've all made time for him here this morning. With the firm determination not to give up, no matter what trials and dryness one may encounter. One cannot always meditate, but one can always enter into inner prayer independently of the conditions of health, work, or emotional state. The heart is the place of this quest and encounter in poverty and in faith. So it's, it's, it's allowing the Lord to lavish his love on you. And undoubtedly things will be stirred. Places in our hearts will be stirred. 
memories will surface that do cause us some, some anxiousness, some, some sadness, some fear, some anger. God will stir our hearts. Why? Because he wants to heal them. He wants to purify them. He wants to liberate them. He wants to break off the chains. He wants to, to tear down the walls, but he's going to do it gently. I mean, we, word, we use words like that sometimes. You know. He's going to tear off the Band-Aid, you know? <laughs> no, he's, he's, yeah. He'll be very gentle, very gentle, very tender. You know, he always knocks on the door and he's not going to barge in. I'm sure you've all seen that painting, right? Jesus standing at the door with no door handle on the outside. So, he, you know, he'll knock. Hey, hey, I, I, I see that there. I, I, can, I, can, I can see that, that part of you there, that memory there. I, I, I can see it. I can see you're not very happy. I can see how you were hurt. And I, I'd like to love on you there. <laughs> I'm not that big meanie that you thought I was. <laughs> I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to punish you. I'm not disappointed in you. Right? I mean, it's just, it's just beautiful, right? You can kind of picture it in your own mind's eye, right? Like, it's like, yeah, I know. I know. Right? He knows. God knows. Sometimes we don't even know. But God knows. And he's so patient. So if you notice, you know, certain resistance, you know, in your prayer, right? Well, ask God, Lord, help me to lean into that. Lord, help me to lean into that. I leaned into something this morning. And, you know, it, it, it usually happens, it takes a few days, right? It takes a few days. God will give you a little something, right? Like he's probably giving you all a little something today, <laughs> May not happen right now, right? Or maybe he already gave you something a few days ago and it's been, it's been, it's been simmering, right? It's been simmering there in the, in the pan, right? And he has a little butter, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I had some great pasta last night, wow. And there's a little bit of, you know, shaved onion in there and some chicken and linguine noodles and bacon. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is really good. This is really good. I'm loving this. You know, a little bit of wine. I'm like, oh. Right? So it's like he's, he's preparing it, right? He's preparing it. And then, you know, at a propitious time, right? At an opportune moment, he just, you know, starts dropping, dropping things, right? <clears throat> and so I, I've been... You know, processing. For me, it was loneliness. It was a kind of loneliness that I was feeling. And nobody likes to feel lonely, right? But I was like, okay, Lord, help me to lean into that. Help me to lean into that. Why, why is that part of me feeling lonely? Or where's that loneliness coming from, right? Curious, right? Compassionate curiosity. Compassionate curiosity. Lord, I wonder... I wonder where that's coming from. <clears throat> Lord, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling upset. Whatever it might be, 
I feel a little resistance here, Lord. I wonder where that's coming from. And that's a grace, right? Because what do we tend to do? I hate feeling lonely. (laughs) I hate feeling mad or whatever, right? We tend to hate ourselves for feeling certain ways. Right? How helpful is that, right? (laughs) Not, Not very, right? Not very. So I lean into the loneliness and, and what surfaced then was a, a lie, a kind of ungodly expectation that God was asking me to, to take care of everything, that God was expecting me to take care of everything, that he was expecting me to take care of certain needy people in my life at different times. <clears throat> Even other priests that I worked with. (laughs) Community members, right? Even thinking back into my past. And then I had a memory from high school surface where I got really mad at my mom and dad. And they wanted me to take care of my sister. And she was already in middle school or even freshman in high school. She could take care of herself. <laughs> and then they left and I took a spatula. And my sister was at the kitchen table and I threw the spatula as hard as I could at the kitchen counter. It was a metal spatula. It nicked the counter. I was a pretty big kid. My sister was so scared she went next door to call our neighbor, who was a pretty big guy, to come over and call me down. <laughs> right? So I, just, I prayed into that. Just prayed into that. Well, what, what was going on there? What was going on there? And, you know, probably some little resentment in there, obviously, right? <laughs> little resentment, little bitterness towards my mom and dad. Was it just about that moment? No, of course not, right? So whenever there's a disproportionate reaction to something, right? Whenever you notice like you're having a pretty big reaction to something, or when you think back and you notice a pretty big reaction to something that seems disproportionate to what it's really about, you know, to the reality of the situation, that's a way that the Lord gently can say, hey, Kind of festering, you know. I, I I can remove that for you if you'd like. You know, we we can take care of that. Right? So that takes humility, right? It takes trust. Because so much of our, you know, you're godly women. You wouldn't be here if you weren't, right? So so many of our beliefs can can tend to be solidified in an ungodly way because we associate them with God or coming from godly people, authority figures, even God himself, but parents, teachers, coaches, priests, right? So sometimes those authority figures acted with us in ungodly ways. They didn't 
beautifully represent, right, who God really is. And so we, we can get stuck there. So, Lord, please help us. Please help us, Lord. And this happens in contemplation, right? This happens in contemplation. Because in my prayer this morning, the Lord met me there in my past. I cried. I cried. I even wailed for like a split second. So there was like, yeah. But that was healing. He's like, yeah, you were putting a very ungodly burden on yourself that you had internalized as a little boy for various reasons. And you kind of blew your top there because you were bitter, you were resentful, unforgiving, angry, hurt, hurt, right? Hurt people, hurt people, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Thank God I didn't throw the spatula at my sister, right? God bless her, right? God bless her. And Lord, bring healing to her heart too, right? And bless her. Right, because, yeah, she was really scared. Right, so this is, this is the Lord of life. The Lord of life and history. Don't we say that? He's the Lord of life and history. So he's got it all. The past, the present, the future. He's got it all. He's got it all. He's, he's taking care of you. He's taking care of us. And the more we yield, there's a good word, right? The more we yield to him, right? The more healing we get, the more healing we get, the more grace we get, the more intimacy we experience. The more intimacy we experience, the more peace we have. So sometimes we try to pray things away. You know, we try to pray things away. But there's always a reason, right? So Lord, I wonder why. Lord, I wonder why. Just invite the Lord into those places. Or just give him permission to to show up when, when he knows that the time is right. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world.